This is the Vegetarian Zen Podcast, episode number 279. Hey there, Veg Zeners. Welcome back to Vegetarian Zen, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a healthier plant-based lifestyle. I am one of your hosts, Vicki. And this is Larissa. Now, as we've discussed many times on the show before, food labeling needs a big time Big time redo. Big time. Big time. Going to the store and trying to decipher these labels can be an exercise in frustration. And what's more frustrating is many of them are the way they are. Why are you the way you are? <laughs> is because they are really trying to mislead us. The consumer, that is. Egg labeling is no exception. You know, it, this this really was inspired when I looked at... Larissa and I are lacto-ovo vegetarians. And... We try to do our best to buy humane eggs. And so we buy the ones with the fancy label. And I thought, what does this label really mean? It sounds all good, but what does it really mean? So in this episode of the Vegetarian Zen Podcast, we're going to help demystify some of those confusing egg labels. We'll discuss cage-free, range-free, and pasture-raised eggs. Did you say pasture-raised? <laughs> Sure. Raised Sorry. by a raised by a pastor. <laughs> Hallelujah! I said it, and then I looked up because I thought that's wrong. Okay, like, she's going to say something about that. <laughs> pasture raised eggs. I'm leaving this in, by the way. I'm not letting this out because I can laugh at myself. Uh, I can laugh you, at you too. And provide you with some tips for choosing eggs that are humane to the animals and also kind to the planet. But before we get into that, we have a new rating. We do. So this is from, and you'll love this. This is from Avocado Jen. Woohoo! <laughs> you and your avocado people. <laughs> All right. That could be a horror movie, the avocado people. <laughs> All right. So Avocado Jen says, first off, I decided to review this podcast because it's the first first podcast I've been able to listen to without skipping or changing. Nice. As someone that's slowly transitioning into the vegetarian lifestyle, this podcast has really helped me not only be confident in my decision, but make it easier. I always thought that if I slip a tad bit, I should just give it all up. But these ladies have made me feel it's okay. And that doesn't mean I'm going to purposely slip, lol. But really... (laughs) They're funny, helpful, and I look forward to more podcasts. Thank you, ladies. Awesome. Well, thank, thank you so you, much, Jen. Avocado Jen. <laughs> really appreciate the review because that does help bump us up in the ratings in iTunes and more people find us when that happens. Plus, we just love reading these reviews. We That's do. really awesome. Makes so us thank happy. you so much. Okay, before we get into the main topic, this episode of the Vegetarian Zen Podcast is brought to you by our Golden Apple Roundtable. If you aren't familiar with our Golden Apple Roundtable, these are the folks that we like to say really help to keep the lights on here at Vegetarians and literally by providing <laughs> us with monetary support. They via, come and turn our lights on every night. <laughs> via Patreon.com. And if you're not familiar with Patreon, Patreon is a membership platform. It's really cool. It's created to make it easy for artists and creators to get support from their fans, followers, and community members. Support on a regular basis. Many people don't realize that there are costs involved in putting together a podcast, but and we do incur costs for like media hosting, website hosting, equipment, things like that. So monetary support that we receive through Patreon, these folks at the Golden Apple Roundtable, goes directly back into the cost of producing the podcast and keeping it going free to our listeners on a weekly basis. So if you're interested in supporting us on a 
on a monthly basis, uh, please head out to patreon.com forward slash vegetarian zen. And on that page, you're going to see a video of Larissa and me. And in that video, we discuss the mission of vegetarian zen. And on the right-hand side of the page, you're going to see various support levels, anywhere from a dollar to $50 a month. And certain levels will qualify you for some vegetarian zen swag, like car magnets, a recyclable grocery bag, stickers, t-shirts, even a dollar a month goes a long way to help us. Because guess what? We have several folks that are giving us a dollar a month. So mm-hmm. your contribution to that really does help. Yeah, it adds up. Yes. And if you're not interested in contributing on a, on a monthly basis, you can also head out to our website at vegetarianzen.com. And right on the homepage, on the right-hand side, you're going to see a button that says buy us a juice, where you can provide a one-time monetary contribution to help support the show also we have a shop at vegetarian zen vegetarianzen.com forward slash shop and you will find the swag we mentioned that some of our folks in the patreon group get the swaggiest the swaggiest swag, swag there is uh, <laughs> uh we're and, hungry uh, also the proceeds from that <laughs> the proceeds from that will go directly back into the show all right, are we ready to get into the main topic? Let's do this. Okay, this was a very interesting one for me. I mean, most of the things we do are really interesting, but some are a little bit more than others. And uh, this was really, like I said, inspired by my own confusion with looking at these labels, which is so irritating because we need some more oversight on the labels. Mm-hmm. I'm not all about big government and things like that getting involved where they don't need to be, but it seems like this is a place they need to be. <laughs> oh, definitely. So while vegans and vegetarian, I'm sorry, vegans do not eat eggs, many vegetarians and reducitarians, this, that's people that are just trying to give up, eat a little bit less meat and animal products, still do. But they want to make sure, many do, still want to make sure that their eggs are coming from a humane farm where animal care is a priority. So this is this is why, because we care about the animals, this is why we can fall easy prey to keywords like free range and cage-free and certified organic and all sorts mm-hmm. of things that they put on there. But as we've talked again on the show, those don't necessarily mean anything. Right, or they don't mean what they say they, they you think they mean, right? They purport right? to mean, yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. So in addition to the concern over the animals and also the planet, really, there is also a concern with the nutritional value of the egg. So I didn't know this necessarily. Maybe I did at one point, but it, when I read this again, it really hit, is that the nutritional value of the egg is compromised when these hens are kept in really deplorable conditions. Mm-hmm. So that also affects the nutritional value of the egg itself well it's just like it's just like that you know your nutritional value would suffer if you were locked in a a room with no light and no you know fresh air and And not able to move yeah absolutely so let's talk about what some of these labels mean okay so let's start with okay so we've got cage free free range and raised by a pastor (laughs) (laughs) pasture raised (laughs) pasture raised uh those are very holy chickens all right so uh, cage free (laughs) i'm not gonna let that go uh this is fun cage free eggs all right so when you see a a carton of eggs and it says cage free the label that label is a usda label so it's certified by usda the uh, u.s department of agriculture and that is defined as i'm going to read a, like a little 
definition here. So yeah, it's this is straight from them. Right. Eggs packed in USDA grade marked consumer packages labeled as cage free are laid by hens that are able to roam vertically and horizontally in indoor houses and have access to fresh food and water. Cage free systems vary from farm to farm and can include multi tier aviaries. So that's, you know, stacked vertically, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they must allow hens to exhibit natural behaviors and include enrichments such as scratch areas, perches, and nests. Hens must have access to litter, protection from predators, and be able to move in a barn in a matter- manner that promotes bird welfare. Okay. So that <laughs> even that doesn't sound great, right? No, and it's more about what's not there, right? So while being bat- out of a battery cage might seem like a step in the right direction, as far as animal work, welfare is concerned even though 90 percent of the eggs that come from um chickens here in the united states are are uh they're still confined they're confined to 67 square inches per per chicken their entire lives Mm. can you imagine that that's that's just so sad to me what you notice in this in this uh, definition though is there's there aren't any definitions or there's no nothing around the space that they're allotted mm-hmm. right right so, okay big deal they're out of cages they right. still are crammed in a barn right right so it could still be that 67 square inches per chicken because there's like a thousand chickens in a a very small space right that's right that's okay right. all right so what about uh free range okay so eggs packed in usda grade marked uh free range must be and this is another quote from them Produced by hens that are able to roam vertically and horizontally. They like that that part there, right? <laughs> in indoor houses and have access to fresh food and water and continuous access to the outdoors during their lane cycle. So it sounds like we're getting a little closer, right? right. The outdoor area may be fenced and or covered with netting-like material. Housing systems vary from farm to farm and can include multi-tier aviaries. They must allow hens to exhibit natural behaviors and include enrichments such as scratch areas, perches, and nests, just like cage-free. And hens must have access to litter protection from predators and be able to move in a barn in a manner that promotes welfare. All right, so the only difference I see there is the continuous access to outdoors during their laying cycle but that's misleading right it is misleading because this isn't really there's a lot of subjectivity in in this so access to outdoors could mean a side door in this barn that many of these chickens because they're still crammed in these barns will never see Mm mm-hmm So they may not see that. And in addition, there's a really significant loophole in here where farmers have the discretion to temporarily confine birds for, this is quote, reasons of health, safety, the animal stage of production, or to protect soil or water quality. Hmm. So many free range farms take full advantage of this loophole and they almost never let the birds outside. Because if you have somebody come over and is doing some inspecting, oh, I'm confining them because uh, this is just a temporary confinement because it was a health scare or something like that. Hmm. So it's pretty much doesn't mean anything. Right. All right. And then also um, there with free range, there isn't a clearly defined limit uh, about the, the quote stocking density. So like, like you said, even though there's a door, they provide that door. Uh, th- there may be so many chickens that they're not able to get to that door or even get through it. Yeah, exactly. So while both cage-free and, and range-free sound really good, and when you see that on your cart on the carton of eggs that you're picking up, you can feel you feel like really good about yourself because you're thinking that you're actually 
doing something what you're you're not necessarily doing what you're <laughs> intending to do. These certifications still allow for much of the same cruel and inhumane conditions that we're seeking to avoid. Okay, are we ready to get into pasture raised eggs? You mean you mean church eggs? Let's talk about church eggs. Church eggs. That's what I'm going to call them from now on, church eggs. Okay, the hens in a pasture raised environment have at least 108 square feet of space and they eat grass, bugs, worms, and anything else that they can find, which, by the way, incidentally, is what they normally eat. Ah. Yes. And they are also free to roam their pastures from early morning until right before nightfall. Nice. Okay, what's great about these eggs from pasture-raised hens is that they are more nutritional. So remember we were talking about sick birds and how mm-hmm. that can affect the nutritional value of the eggs themselves. Well, and that so, makes sense, right? It does. Uh, a 2003 study conducted by Pennsylvania State University found that pasture-raised eggs contain double the omega-3 fat, three times more vitamin D, four times more vitamin E, and seven times more beta-carotene than eggs that are raised in a, on a diet of feed only. Wow. And, you know, I would imagine that... Uh, you know, first of all, I mean, chickens are omnivores, right? So That's they, right. they eat um, insects and as well as, as grain. Mm-hmm. And But the other thing is that I would imagine that the nutritional um, value of the eggs is boosted too because they're out in like sunshine and yeah, fresh air. They're healthy overall. Right. And they're doing natural chicken things, much more natural than you would see in the cage free or mm-hmm. the um, rain uh, the free range right. eggs. Uh, so pasture, pasture raised definitely sounds a lot better, but this is very subjective. And by the way, this is a relatively new term. It's not something that's been around for a very long time. The thing is, is it's still a bit subjective by farm because mm. there's not really a way, because every farm is a little bit different, there's really not a uniform way to measure measure this so it, it is a step definitely better than the cage free and the range uh mm-hmm. the free range i keep wanting keep on to say range, range free, free. <laughs> <laughs> the free range um okay so what do we do then okay well if we're you know for people who aren't ready to completely give up eggs and not everybody is i'm not to that point and i quite honestly don't know if i ever will be yeah yeah i'm, um, I'm there with you especially now that we found right. out some information here right but there's don't lose hope so there are a few things that you can do to help ensure that uh, you're buying ones that are humane. That's right. And so for one, there's there's a label that we haven't really talked about yet. So we've talked about the cage-free, uh, free-range, and pasture-raised, right? Mm-hmm. But we haven't mentioned certified, humane, raised, and handled. Mm-hmm. So this is... It, and this is important because it's not a USDA label. Which is good. Yes. The other three are, right? <laughs> the government can mess up some things like yeah. this. Well, the, you know, we just talked about the, the the others are. And, well, the, um, I'm sorry, the range. The first two. The free range and the cage free, yes. Right. And that's why there's loopholes. Mm-hmm. You know, people, they're, they're not very, the government kind of just 
throws some of this stuff out there. So. Right. Well, you know, you've got lobbyists and, and the uh, that's government. That's a good point. Yeah. Need support. Uh, politicians need support to get reelected and they need the, the support from these big companies and yada, yada. You know how that goes. Yep. Uh, and yes, I just yada, yada politics. <laughs> it <laughs> um, deserves yada, yada, yeah, yada. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So uh, getting back to the certified humane race and handled label. So as we said, it's not a USDA regulated label. Uh, program then who gives this out larissa <laughs> i'll tell you <laughs> so this is a certification that is issued by a an organization called the humane farm animal care uh, it's hum- called humane farm animal care so hfac and this is a non-profit organization that is dedicated to improving the lives of farm animals and food production so now this uh, organization has is endorsed by over 70 humane organizations, including the ASPCA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they also provide, in addition to the standards for uh, humane certification, they also work with farmers to help educate um, farmers and also consumers about improving animal welfare. That's absolutely right. And what I really love about uh, this organization is that their third-party inspectors hold master's and doctoral degrees in animal science and veterinary science. Which makes sense. Which is great. And and they're supposed to be experts. And so the, the chicken inspector is an expert in chickens. So when they go to do these inspections, they, they know what to look for, mm-hmm. which right. is great. Right. So regarding space requirements for certified, so for chickens that are certified humane, Mm -hmm. uh, they must be provided with a minimum of 1.5 square feet per bird. Now remember, that might sound like smaller or doesn't sound, it sounds very small, but this is really just a formula to help make sure they're not cramming a Mm -hmm. lot of birds in a barn. Right. Now, and now let's say that that doesn't mean that each bird is in a contained area of 1.5 That's square what feet. I mean. It means over, if there's a, a 500 acre property or whatever, you can only have a certain number of birds on that property. That's right. So that each one of them would have the equivalent of 1.5 square feet. That's right. However, That's right. that math works. I don't know. I'm not a math person. But. Yeah. And there's also some specifics. And I'm just going to attach a link because it is quite a lengthy PDF that goes into the specifics of of uh, what the requirements are for things like enrichments on the, in the, on the farm, such as perches and dust bathing materials, which is something you don't think about. But dust bathing is very important for chickens. They, they do this as a kind of comfort. Mm-hmm. thing and well, you birds, know, birds do it, do it. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say I love watching <laughs> when we had a drought and we had patches of dirt in our backyard because my poor lawn was dying uh we had uh birds that would come mm-hmm. and dust bathe mm-hmm. in our backyard uh, also socialization areas which is very important to birds they're very social animals they like being around each other litter well circulated air lighting flooring food and water so mm-hmm. again we'll attach the pdf straight from the um at h is it HFAC? Yeah. Uh, we'll attach that direct uh, in the show notes. Great. All right. So let's talk about a few additional tips for buying healthy, humane, humanely raised eggs. Okay. So I've got to tell you about this before we get into kind of the things you can do. Well, this is definitely one thing you can do. One label you can avoid is a label that says animal care certified. That just sounds made up. It is made up, actually. <laughs> it's made up by the United Egg Producers Industry uh. because they had people on their back who were who were uh, not happy with how the chickens were being treated. So they came up, and actually, this is a, a morphed version of a previous 
label that I can't recall right off, but they had a previous label that was nixed, that there was a some sort of legal action taken against that because it was not true. Mm. And they changed the name to this Animal Care Certified. So probably this will end up getting... Uh, thrown out next to (laughs) eventually but this is really why this really irritates me is because this is one that is really intentionally put there to trick you especially if you're just going through and you see all the eggs and you don't know much about Mm. labels this is why it's so important to to learn about this because they can just throw this on there and you're actually supporting these deplorable living conditions if you don't know what this is and you you didn't want to Mm -hmm. right right All right. So uh, avoid that label. Definitely. Another tip is to um, support companies that are doing right for animals. So you can find a full list of farmers and ranchers who are certified humane uh, on the uh, certified humane website, and they keep that list updated. So if you can find one of those that you can purchase locally, whether in your your grocery store or wherever you get your eggs, um, then do that. And that way you're rewarding those farmers and ranchers with your dollars. Um, You're rewarding them for getting the certification and for being better to animals and helping. For caring. Yeah. And for, for, you know, um, encouraging them to continue that. Okay. Another tip you can do is to vote and write your representatives. Now, given all of the issues I know that are going on in this country right now, it seems like it's you easy. You should be voting anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It seems like it's easy for the topics of things like animal welfare and the environment to be lost on a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this really is even, it's even more important now for those of us who care about animals to make sure that their voices don't get lost because we are their voice. Mm-hmm. And it's really important, I think, to to make sure your representatives know these are topics that important are important to you not just who's who's the current president and mm-hmm. who's the all this stuff yes those are important but i'm just saying these are topics too that are very important that we make sure we don't lose sight of a, a great example of people making a difference is in california and, and thanks to danielle freed who brought this to my attention uh in 2008 voters approved a ballot initiative which stated that egg laying hens must be given some space specifically room to lie down now this this wasn't like the uh, this wasn't quite as specific, I think, at least based on what I read as as far as like the pasture raised mm. specification stuff. But really just acknowledging that these birds need mm-hmm. need uh, space and the state expanded the law to ban eggs coming from other states that weren't up to California standards. Nice. Well, guess what? You got people upset, <laughs> other states upset. So you have other attorney generals in different states. And I think there was um, 12 or 13 states. Yeah, I think there's a dozen states that are now suing California based on the interstate commerce clause, say, saying essentially that they can't do this because this is going to impact, this is going to impact their uh, particular well, boo-hoo, their, maybe their, they should do the same thing and well, then they wouldn't yeah. have that issue. Ideally, because is you Texas know, is one of them. Oh, of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. It is. I, I knew the answer before I even asked. <laughs> We're always on those types of lists, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and there's also, so the lead attorney general in this case is Josh Hawley. And I yes, I am going to say his name here because people should know. <laughs> He's the attorney general in uh, in ours is Ken Paxton, by the mm-hmm. way, who's already got some shady yeah, stuff Yeah, hopefully going not on there. for long because he's a... Yeah, he should be going out pretty soon, I think. Uh, who is... We was running for AG again in 2018, so that means next month he's going to be up to to be. Um, he's That's on the ballot. California. He's going to be. This is in Missouri. Missouri. Oh. Yeah, he's attorney general for Missouri, and he's leading these 12 states oh, that are it. suing okay. California. So this is a great opportunity, including us. But although, 
Well, we know how we're voting, but I really think this is the kind of thing where you write your representative and you tell them, this is one of the reasons why I'm voting for you, for right. your representative. And well, I was going to say, I wouldn't, where I was going with this was, I wouldn't necessarily tell Ken Paxton why I wasn't voting because there would be a long list. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't just be this, but uh, I definitely would tell my representative that I'm voting for mm-hmm. why I voted for him. And this would be one of the things yeah. because I want to make sure he stands on the side of we're not suing California because right. of this. In fact, we're going to up up our own mm-hmm. laws to make sure that the animals are treated humanely. Right, definitely. I really think that that Texas is a big farming state. Mm-hmm. I know that's a uphill battle, but it's definitely worth fighting for, I think. Right. And it starts with us. It starts with us letting our representatives know this is what's important to us. Right. Right. All right. So uh, one last tip is uh, to check out local farms. And this, you know, if you live in a place where you've got farmers markets on the weekends or even during the week, I know there are ones around during the week here too. uh, check those out. And that doesn't guarantee, of course, that you're buying eggs from chickens that are are humanely kept, but you can ask, you know, Um, and some uh, farms, local ones, the smaller ones, will even give a tour. Yep, that's I right. I know Mandy, uh, Mandy and Travis do that. Yeah, uh, Parker Parker Ranch, Parker Parker, Ranch. Parker Creek Ranch. Yeah, um, and they do that, and they even have uh, school groups come out and they do because um, you know Mandy's an educator, mm-hmm. um, uh, and uh, so they do that, and I think that's great. That is great. That gives gives you a chance to ask questions and definitely, stuff as well. Definitely, so really good. Okay, uh, and I was just going to add to that that Danielle Freed, who is a member of our Peas and Carrots and probably our very first listener. Yeah, and who uh, right now is in Europe, and I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> of course, by the time this airs, she'll be back, but yeah. still jealous. Uh, she mentioned that she buys eggs from the grocery store that gets uh, and gets them from a local farmer where the, and she this is, quote, chickens have better lives than most humans. Nice. That's pretty cool. <laughs> okay, and then Kristen... Davenport Burns, who's also a member of our Peas and Carrots group, also commented, the only way I I buy eggs is in a local farm where the hens are completely free. Nice. Cool. And by the way, if you're not familiar with our Peas and Carrots group, because I haven't plugged them yet, what up, guys? What up? Uh, This is our closed Facebook group that is now at about 2,700 people almost. Yeah. And uh, if you are interested in joining this group, Head out to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash vegetarian zen. You will see three questions there and a request to read our rules and our on our about page. Uh, we call this a no bully zone. Means that it doesn't matter if you're vegetarian or vegan. You are welcome here as long as you're respectful of others. Uh, vegetarian, vegan, or veg curious, reducetarian, whatever. Wherever you are in your journey trying to reduce... Uh, trying to reduce your meat intake and your animal product intake. We are cool with that as long as you're respectful with others. I got to tell you, I love this group because they're so easygoing, so helpful. I belong to several groups on Facebook just to kind of keep up with topics and the vegetarian, vegan Mm -hmm. society. And um, my heart broke the other day because I, somebody came and asked a question about in another group, in another group. Yeah. About something just, not obviously not knowing a lot about some of the terminology vegans and vegetarians use. And I mean, most people were very respectful. Oh, they asked if uh, something was vegan. I can't remember what it was. It was some product, maybe like honey or mm-hmm. something. I think it was honey actually. And, uh, most people were respectful and just said, no, that's not considered vegan. But you know, you get those one or two mm-hmm. people that just have to beat their own chests 
don't and and this person got so hurt by the comments that she just said i'm leaving this group peace out Mm -hmm. and that broke my heart because that's somebody that was trying to educate herself as to what's considered vegan and she may have just given up you know and i thought that's not what this is about first of all you shouldn't be judging people you know that's that's their life whatever Mm -hmm. but to to if you're truly concerned about the animal welfare bite your tongue and just try to educate people help help because you may have just been responsible for somebody saying forget all this stuff Mm -hmm. i'm not going to be part of that community and on the other hand if you're helpful and you're kind and understanding of people who are new and and just trying to learn then you that might go a long way towards really helping that person to 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 commit to this and say you know I, this is the right lifestyle for me. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I get it. I, I get why people are so passionate and that's great. But I mean, it takes but some... But don't be ugly. Well, yeah. And it takes some discipline to just not... To, to really try to help educate people and bring them into the conversation because that's the only way we're really going to make any any big changes. Mm-hmm. So that just made me appreciate our, our peas and carrots group so much more because they're they are so easy and they take questions like this and just kind of run. And I mean, I can imagine a question like that in the peas and carrots. Would, mm-hmm. By the way, there was one There today. was about honey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, would have not only had several recommendations for honey replaced substitutes, but also given like 10 recipe uh-huh. <laughs> recommendations yeah. for yeah, it. So absolutely. that's what's so great about this group so definitely if that's your vibe and you're down with that head on out to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash vegetarian zen we love you (laughs) all right well hopefully this information and the accompanying tips that we provided you help to demystify some of the uh, confusing labels on egg, egg cartons so that you can choose an egg that helps to support the animals and the planet. When, of course, when I, after I did all the research for this particular uh, episode, I went down and I checked our egg <laughs> carton to see what, what, what it said. And I know we always gravitated toward cage free whatever right. and uh but these said pasture raised and, and we've been said, buying these for a we've long been buying time. them forever and it said certified humane so i was like oh good but and it's our store but, brand yes it's our store brand and i was a little concerned though because when you go on the certified humane uh site on the on the hfac site which is going to be in the show notes uh I have about 12 resources, by the way. Uh, But when you go on that site, one of the links we're going to provide you is a link to those that are actually certified humane, because apparently some people are putting that on their products, but they're really not. Mm. So at first I was looking on the package and I thought, I don't really know if this is truly certified humane. How can I tell? So I went out to this list. I saw it. Central Market by (laughs) HEB. Eggs are... Certified humane by the Yay. HFAC, and they're in the and they're they're in the um, the awesome uh, cardboard carton, not that styrofoam stuff. That's so, right. Yeah. That's right. Okay, are we ready to get into the recipe of the week? Sure. So here's the thing: if you can't get these eggs, the the pasture raised eggs in your area, or if you just want to you know cut eggs out of your diet or, or even reduce them, you can use tofu. Yep. To make a scramble that, uh, of course, it's not exactly the same as eggs. You know, it never is. But uh, tofu scrambles can actually be really good. And they're really popular with with vegans and with other people who don't eat eggs for whatever reason. Yeah. So when I mentioned this in the peas and carrots, I had mentioned that I was going to be doing this episode on eggs, eggs cart, egg cartons and labels and all that. And uh, I said, you know, but I want the recipe of the week, I think, to be a tofu 
tofu yeah. scramble of some sort because we do have vegan folks uh, mm-hmm. in the group and and even if you're not a vegan this is something to try because th- it is possible to get that same kind of taste and texture and satisfaction mm-hmm. i guess that you normally get from eating eggs in the morning as a lot of us typically grew up on so of course i got so many this is a great <laughs> example so many too many to actually list here so i'm gonna actually do something with those recipes because i don't want them to just go away i saved that post in my little folder on Facebook so I didn't lose track of those but I did happen to select one because uh, I couldn't pick them all Mm. (laughs) but the one I picked surprise surprise was vegan migas and this was provided by Katie Delaney Potter uh, Potterjoy, I think it's Potterjoy because there's no, it's P O T E R J O Y Potterjoy and this is from SeriousEats.com and on their website, when you go to this link, which is going to be in the show notes, says uh, on their site, it's why it works. Frying tortillas gives these migas great texture and flavor. And tofu is a great stand-in for soft scrambled eggs, lending the dish a moist custard-like texture. So that's why it works. And awesome. you know, I love migas. That's one of my favorite breakfasts. <laughs> All right, so uh, talking about the resource of the week, uh, that this is the list that you had talked about uh, from CertifiedHumane.org that has the list of the farmers and ranchers who have gone through that entire you know application inspection process to make sure that they're compliant with the Certified Humane standards. So if you want to, and they don't, this is not. Um, because this is an independent organization, it's not the USDA, they, they're not required to do this. This is an extra step that they take. So so let's reward them. Absolutely. So check out this, this uh, link. Uh, it'll be in the show notes. And then you can see if the eggs that you buy are on there. If not, and you're still looking to buy eggs, then you might kind of take that you know, save that on your phone when you go to the grocery store and check out the brands that are at your grocery store and check the list and see, you know, which ones of these can I do. All right. The question this week is, if you are someone who still consumes eggs, is the labeling slash certification something that has impacted your purchasing decisions? I would venture to say yes, Mm -hmm. but uh, let us know. We'd like to hear what you got to say. Head out to vegetarianzen.com forward slash 279. Is that right? Yeah. 279. Or you can head out to our public facing Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash vegetarianzen. And we always have a post that uh, announces any new episodes. So you can leave your comment there. Or why not join the peas and carrots? And uh, that is do at facebook.com forward do slash groups forward slash vegetarian zen. All right. I think that does it for our episode this week. Until next time. Peace out. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Vegetarian Zen. We've created a free resource for you to show you five ways to sneak more fruits and veggies into your diet. You can download it right now by visiting vegetarianzen.com. Until next time, wishing you a happy body and a healthy mind.